0: Daily Drive is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting rayray.com/retailanywhere. That's r e y r e y dot com/retailanywhere.
1: Hi everyone, this is Steve Smith with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, September 24th. Earlier this year, Daimler Trucks North America unveiled a first-of-its-kind heavy-duty electric truck charging site in Oregon. Dubbed the Electric Island and created in partnership with Portland General Electric, the site, located across the street from the truck manufacturer's North American headquarters, is open to the public and designed to primarily charge heavy and medium-duty electric trucks, buses, and vans. It can also charge light passenger vehicles using multiple types of chargers. Nate Hill, head of charging infrastructure at Daimler Trucks North America, says having multiple types of chargers, all equipped with industry-standard CCS-1 plugs, in one location is only one thing that makes the electric island unique. He also says the island sends a signal to the entire industry that DTNA is serious about efforts to electrify the commercial portfolio. Serious about commercial EVs, indeed. In February, Daimler announced it would spin off its commercial vehicle operations. In July, Daimler's Board of Management and Supervisory Board gave approval for the reorganization, and shareholders will vote on that plan during an October 1st general meeting. Hill says beyond sending a signal to the industry, the electric island is also meant to drive innovation, accelerate the push to EVs, and also serve as a learning and R&D platform. Certainly for DTNA, operators, and in some cases, consumers. Remember, anybody can stop by the one acre island and use it. But also for public partners like Portland General Electric that need to understand the impact of EVs on their operations and figure out how to best prepare for that future. What else is unique about the Electric Island? What's the plan to scale? And how important are private public partnerships in the push to electrify transportation? We've reached Nate Hill, head of charging infrastructure at Daimler Trucks North America at the company's headquarters in Portland. Nate, thanks so much for joining me today on the Daily Drive podcast. How are you?
2: Steve, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show today.
1: Thank you for taking a few minutes. Daimler Truck and Daimler Truck North America are doing some very interesting things in the electrification space, in the commercial vehicle space. Why don't we start today's conversation, if you could take a moment and describe the Electric Island.
2: Sure, I'd love to. This is a project that we started a a few years ago with our our partners at Portland General Electric. It's a charging hub, and so uh, most of your listeners will be familiar with the charging hub. They've seen them at at supermarkets and at malls and that sort of thing. But this one's unique in a few different ways, so I'll, I'll describe some of those ways Uh, to you it sits on about one acre of land and it has not just one type of charger there but we actually have a multitude of different chargers there uh, so that we can try out the different chargers with our electric trucks that we've been developing over the last few years and so that we can give experience to our customers uh with each of those different chargers, many different chargers will work with our electric trucks and we wanted to give them the option or the opportunity to get their hands on a variety of different chargers. Another unique thing about this site and the the, the probably the most important feature is that this charging hub allows for full-size commercial vehicles. These are Class 8 semi-trucks with the trailer, a 53-foot trailer, to pull in and then pull through after they're done charging. And as far as we can tell, there is no other site like this in the United States. We've been making that claim for for a few months now, and uh, no one's disputed it yet. So I think we we are confident in making that claim, and and that that that's a critical thing uh, for for sure to have that feature. Uh, if you've ever driven <laughs> a semi truck, they're not easy to handle. They're very difficult to maneuver around, and the idea of trying to pull into Uh, A charging hub that was designed specifically for passenger cars is just a deal breaker. It's not going to happen. I've tried it multiple times, and it's not a pleasant experience. So that's another feature of this electric island.
1: I can't even back up a trailer that's attached to my SUV. I can't imagine doing it with a Class A truck. It is certainly a talent. Why the initial focus on commercial vehicles? Obviously, this is an innovation created by Daimler Truck North America. But is there a deeper reason why the you know, focus initially on commercial vehicles?
2: Yeah, you know, really for us, we that's, ex- that's exactly what we do. We're the leading commercial vehicle manufacturer in North America. And we are making significant uh, progress in uh, electrifying our portfolio. We have two new electric models coming out uh, next year. We introduced an electric school bus this year. And as we looked around at the landscape, uh, uh, the infrastructure landscape, there's, there's nothing out there really s- to support uh, uh, the charging of these vehicles. And so we wanted to do something unique, something new, something that sent a signal to, to the entire industry that Daimler Trucks North America, we're, we're serious about our efforts to, um, to electrify our portfolio and, and bring other zero emission vehicle technology uh, to the market.
1: Just to clarify, is this electric island equipped to support only Daimler truck vehicles or does it support broader commercial vehicles by other
2: manufacturers? That's a good point. So, In the island right now, the electric island, we use the CCS-1 uh, charging standard, which is a common standard supported by most OEMs in, in North America. And and Electric Island is a public site. It's open to the public. Uh, once in a while, we'll we'll shut down a lane or two for our own purposes, uh, but but it is public. Anyone can pull in there. You can pull in there with a passenger car if you want, or you can pull in there with an electric uh, commercial vehicle if you'd like and and charge at the island.
1: The Electric Island is a, I think, an exceptional example of public-private partnerships. Something that a lot of folks that I speak with on the show, say, is going to be required to really scale uh, electrified technologies, even autonomous in many cases. Can you talk about the partnership with DTNA, with Portland General Electric, and the state and the city? Talk about perhaps how the different parties complement each other and any lessons learned, ahas, as you look back on establishing these partnerships.
2: Yeah, certainly I can speak to that. Uh, Portland General Electric has been a, a great partner. We, um, we, we began talking to them about the idea of this sort of project a few years ago, and, and it, it served both parties very well. They, as the utility in the area, they understood and knew that uh, transportation was being electrified and that there would be some major impacts on the utility uh, side, uh, on the grid. And so, they wanted to explore and do some research and development on what that impact looked like, making sure that they were ready uh, with a robust grid to support. then, of course, we had our needs on the commercial vehicle development side for for an island like this. And and so, it made a lot of sense to not have two separate projects, but to do it together. The state uh, obviously knew about it. It had to be approved by the uh by the public utility commission and they were supportive of it uh and had some uh, suggestions and some modifications there and then the city of portland as well very 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 supportive of course as you introduce a new concept like this at the power levels that we were introducing it it required permitting and approvals and some of those Processes can be very onerous, and we we really appreciate the city stepping up and trying to uh, move that through their processes as quickly as possible within their guidelines, and and and, and that'll be true for for any site like this. It um, you know it's new, it's novel, and in many cases the utilities or the uh, the the local uh, administrators don't know exactly how to to manage these sort of projects, and so it does become a collaboration and. But it's all for you know the, the common good. Certainly Daimler benefits from it. The utility benefits from it. But the public in general, as we get more zero emission vehicles onto the road benefits as well. So certainly I think in my mind and in our minds, an appropriate collaboration that benefits uh, all parties. We'll be right back with more.
0: As online experiences exploded this past year, it was clear dealers needed an approach that kept them in business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion.
2: So
1: what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online-to-in-store experience?
2: I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To others, it's sales in F&I. And they they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture.
0: Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big-picture, holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere.
1: So what have you learned since the island became operational in April?
2: Oh, we, we learn new things every day, Steve. Uh, the, the thing that stands out to us is that as we've worked with many different manufacturers of these chargers... And we have quite a few different uh, ones installed in, in the island right now. You know, we're, we're learning that the specifications of many of these chargers are, are are fairly optimistic. They're designed primarily for passenger cars. And they may have peak rates that um, are, are good for a few minutes or, or some portion of an hour. But to continue that charge rate for a long period of time has been... Uh, difficult for some of the models. And so feedback to the industry is, hey, we've got to step it up. Uh, you know, peak rate should be for the duration required to support a commercial vehicle. So we're learning about uh, you know the specifications of those chargers more and more. Uh, another important lesson that we've learned and a good message to to our, our customers and to the public in general, is that the, the grid can handle these sort of stations. And, and we hear that all the time. The grid's not ready. The grid can't handle it. And in, in in many cases, that is true. It's location dependent. And we had to be a little bit particular about where we, we put the site, uh, working again with the utilities to make sure that it would work, that they had the headroom available on the substation, on the feeder lines near the site. But through that collaboration with the utility, we, we were able to work through that. In many cases, our customers will be able to work through that as well. Uh, but it, it does require that that cooperation, that coordination with the utility early on. And the last thing, the third thing I'll share uh, from lessons learned are, hey, people are excited about this. We're excited about it. The, the public is excited about it. We've had many customers fly in from different parts of the nation to to get their hands on this site firsthand, to learn from it. Our dealership net, network is excited about it. And 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 that's that's great because we we put some significant money and time and effort into it, and to see that excitement is is fantastic.
1: Sounds like response has been pretty good among stakeholders and users of the island as well. So, what's the business model behind scaling? Is this something that uh, Daimler Truck is going to take the lead on? Can large fuel retailers? Um, uh, install this island within their existing facilities. What's the scaling uh, strategy?
2: Yeah, there's many, many different strategies being considered at the moment. And certainly because it is a public site, anyone that would uh, consider uh, deploying their own site like this is welcome to come and check out this site. Uh, There's no gates on it. You can pull in and and see what we did there. And that's certainly an opportunity for any of the travel centers out there to come and, and emulate what we've done here uh, Daimler, we've, we're in conversations with travel centers. We're in conversations with others who are interested in the space, and and we have no announcements to make today. But but just know that we are looking at different opportunities to scale this. In any case, no matter how uh, the scaling looks like going forward, whatever business model we pursue, uh, it will be a, a require that coordination with utilities, with uh, local and state uh, governments and you, you can't deploy just a single site and have it do a, a whole lot of good. It really needs to be part of a corridor. And because of that, that coordination with utilities and with governments can cross state boundaries and it could cross the uh, areas of authority of different utilities. And so it does become quite a coordination effort, but but we're, we're having those conversations now and, and I think the future is looking pretty good for the scaling opportunities.
1: I'm curious about the brand connection with Electric Island and Daimler, the vehicle brand. And let me give you a little bit of context. J.D. Power joined me on the show a couple of weeks ago to talk about their latest consumer research and how consumers felt about their experience at public charging stations. And... The brands that were synonymous with an established automotive brand rose to the top around consumer experiences. And whether that was because of the experience itself or because of the brand recognition, a little bit of, of uncertainty there. But it was clear that individuals that saw a brand of a charger connected with a brand of a vehicle felt they had a better experience. If you apply that to this, is there a brand connection underway at Daimler that connects the consumer experience of charging with the consumer experience of a Daimler electric vehicle, be it commercial, be it light uh, passenger vehicle?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, Steve, and and you know, branding is incredibly important to us and we know adds a lot of value to the customer. Our our brands have been around for for, for many decades, in many cases, the Daimler name itself has been around for over a century, and and that brings um, you know a sense of, of comfort and um, and guarantee with it. As we electrify our fleet, it became apparent that uh, the Charger is not just. Uh, a piece of equipment that you use to, to charge your vehicle, but it's really an extension of the architecture of your vehicle in many cases. The communication has to be done right. The specifications have to be matched up properly. And, and because of that, if you go to Electric Island, you'll notice that we have uh, one of our own chargers there that we've uh, we've worked with a partner on. Uh, but it, the Detroit e Chargers is a new series of chargers that we've introduced to the market. As I mentioned earlier, our vehicles are compatible with anything that has a CCS one uh, connector on it, and and those and and we'll charge with those. But your best experience, your the the charging sessions you can rely on, uh, the the additional information exchange between charger and vehicle, you're going to get that with with our charger, the Detroit branded charger. And so we we do recognize that connection, that that deep need for the interoperability, that deep need for integration. And we are pursuing that and offering those options to our customers.
1: So what's next for the Electric Island? Um, we you, you talked about a little bit of the scaling strategy, no big announcements, as you said, that you can make today. But broadly, what's next for the Electric Island?
2: Yeah, we'll continue to use it for, for research and development. We will be adding additional chargers to the island over the next few months. Next year, sometime, we hope to uh, to to add a charger capable of above one megawatt of charging, and that will be for research and development purposes, driving towards a future production date uh, for for that charger and vehicles that can uh, that can utilize that charger. So we have many things planned for it. We also will add. Uh, solar generation uh, uh, not a lot not enough to support the entire site of course, but we'll add some uh, and then also battery storage on-site battery storage will be included there. all of these different components will be used by PGE by Daimler to uh, to enhance future offerings to our customers and to uh, ensure grid stability uh, going forward as these uh, these sites are, are replicated uh, in some way or another across the country.
1: Any possibility that these islands will also serve as a source for hydrogen, a, a broader alternative fuel uh, filling station, if you will?
2: Sure. And at Daimler, we've invested heavily in hydrogen. And we know that there's a future for hydrogen uh, as a complement to uh, a pure battery electric uh, commercial vehicle, for sure. We, we don't have built into this site uh any hydrogen components at this time and and we remain open to including that in electric island uh and we'll continue to have discussions with pge and with uh with portland the city of portland about that but if we don't include it here it will be we will have some uh, hydrogen pumps uh, nearby for sure
1: Nate, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the show and sharing the story of the electric island. Terrific innovation. Kudos to you and your team. And we look forward to learning and hearing more about this in the future. Appreciate you taking a few minutes.
2: Happy to be here, Steve. Thank you for your time.
1: That's Daily Drive for Friday, September 24th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com, and to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening, and have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back on Monday.